This was brought to you by Franklin County Internet Gaming Society on YouTube and Facebook. Legacy Item Abilities All the following are Legacy Item Abilities of Seldoriath's Clarion. Strength and Morale, Sue beginning at 5th level, whenever Seldoriath's Clarion is sounded, all your allies within hearing range are heartened and encouraged, gaining the benefits of a blessed spell for 1 minute. Caster Level 5th, Fell Blast, SP at 6th level and higher, by blowing a harsh note, you demolize all your foes within 50 feet as if by the Bane spell. The save DC is 11, or 11 plus your Charisma modifier, whichever is higher. Caster Level 5th. Summon Least Ally, SP for the Wielder of Seldoriath's Clarion, aid is always close at hand. Starting at 7th level, once per day, you can blow the horn to. Use Summon Monster 3 as the spell. Caster Level 5th. Call Compatriot, so at 9th level and higher, once per day, you can sound a mighty blast on Seldoriath's Clarion. This blast sends a call out to any creature you designate that is within 5 miles. The designated creature automatically hears the call, knows you are in need, and knows how to find you, but it is under no compulsion to answer. You gain no knowledge of whether or not the target is answering the call. Heartening call, SP starting at 11th level, 3 times per day, you can blow a strong, clear trill. On Seldoriath's Clarion. This trill acts as an aid spell upon a single eligible target within 50 feet, including yourself. Caster Level 5th. Note of opening, SP at 12th level and higher, whenever you blow a specific note on Seldoriath's Clarion, the tone acts as a knock spell. Caster Level 10th. Summon Lesser Ally, SP beginning at 14th level, once per day, you can blow a note on the horn that acts as a Summon Monster 6 spell. Caster Level 11th. Ghoul Swarm, SP at 15th level and higher, 5 times per day, you can sound a buzzing blast to use. Summon Swarm as the spell. Caster level 10th. Phantasmal Blast, SP beginning at 17th level, by sounding a particularly bleak and terrifying blast. On Seldoriath's Clarion, you can use Phantasmal Killer as the spell. The save DC is 16, or 14 plus your Charisma modifier, whichever is higher. You can sound this note three times per day. Caster level 15th. Summon greater ally, SP at 18th level and higher, once every other day, you can blow a note on Seldoriath's clarion that acts as a summon monster 9 spell. Caster level 17th. Call divine ally, so starting at 20th level, you can blow Seldoriath's clarion once per month to call. A Gale Eladrin, see page 94 of the monster manual, from the heavenly realms. This being serves you faithfully for one hour. If the Gale is slain, the Horn loses its legacy abilities until you once again complete the Oath of Fealty Ritual. Adventure Seed, L6. While visiting the court of Seldoriath's kingdom, the PCs are invited to be present at a celebration honoring the 75th year of his son's reign. During the celebration, a cadre of Drow storm the palace, seeking to murder the king. Six first-level drow warriors led by a swashbuckler named Zephyrus make up this band, and they strike from two directions at once. If the party tries to protect the king, then once the battle is over, the king thanks them for saving his life, or the highest-ranking noble in attendance thanks them for doing their best to thwart the assassination, and offers the PC Seldoriath's clarion in gratitude. 
Zephyrus, Drow Captain CR4 Female Drow Swashbuckler 3 Asterisk Any Medium Humanoid, Elf, In It Plus 8 Senses Dark Vision 120 Feet, Listen Plus 2, Spot Plus 2 Languages Abyssal, Common, Drow Sign Language, Elven, Undercommon AC 18, Touch 14, Flat Footed 14 HP 24, 3 HD, Immune Sleep SR 14 Fort Plus 4, Ref Plus 6, Wall Plus 1, Plus 3 against enchantments, weakness light blindness speed 30 feet, 6 squares, melee plus 1 rapier plus 8, 1d6 plus 4, 18, 20 plus poison, or melee plus 1 rapier plus 6, 1d6 plus 4, 18, 20 plus poison, an MWK short sword plus 6, 1d6 plus 2, the 19, 20 plus poison, with 2 weapon fighting or ranged hand crossbow plus 7, 1d4, 19, 20 plus poison, base ATK plus 3, GRP plus 4 ATK options drow poison, DC 13, unconsciousness 1 minute, unconsciousness 2d4 hours, special actions insightful strike combat gear 2 potions of cure light wounds, potion of fox's cunning spell like abilities, CL 3rd 1 a day, dancing lights, darkness, Fairy Fire Abilities Street 12, Dex 18, Con 12, Int 15, Wis 10, CHA 10. Square able to notice secret or concealed doors. Feats Improved Initiative, 2 Weapon Fighting, Weapon Finesse B Skills Balance plus 12, Bluff plus 6, Climb plus 7, Diplomacy plus 2, Disguise plus 0, plus 2 to Acting Character, Escape Artist plus 10, Intimidate plus 2, Jump plus 9, Listen plus 2, Search plus 2, Spot plus 2, Tumble plus 12, Possessions Combat Gear plus Mithril Shirt, plus 1 Rapier, Masterwork Short Sword, Hand Crossbow with 10 Bolts, 3 Doses Drow Poison Insightful Strike, X, plus 2 Extra Damage with Light Weapons, included in the above statistics, does not affect targets immune to critical hits or sneak attacks. Asterisk Swashbuckler Class from Complete Warrior, page 11. Drow Warriors, 6 HP 6, 7, 8, 6, 5, 7, see page 102 of the Monster Manual. Aurum Zephyrus's mission is to kill the king, not to get entangled in other fights. Once she and her band have accomplished this task, they leave as quickly as possible through the open windows. If they are unable to assassinate the king, Zephyrus aborts the mission. The Drow Warriors cover her escape. Ballroom is sumptuously furnished, with carpets, heavy drapes, crystal chandeliers, and the like. Twin staircases run to the upper dais. Zephyrus uses this terrain to best advantage for cinematic swashbuckling moves. First attack wave the first team of drow crashes through this window and dashes straight for the king. They carry rapiers. And try to avoid getting bogged down in combat with other targets. Zephyrus leads the Phi RST wave and draws plenty of attention to herself with FL Amboe and maneuvers. If she can't get close enough to the king to make melee attacks, she tries a shot with her hand crossbow. Second attack wave the second group of drow, armed with hand crossbows and poison bolts, slips quietly through this window, making hide and move silently checks, and uses the chaos caused by the Phi RST team to take shots at the king and those guarding him. A sleeping king makes a great target for the Phi RST wave. If they manage to accomplish this without coming under attack, they attempt to take down other prominent Phi Gers. As soon as attention turns to them, they depart. Statues These statues are large, heavy sculptures of granite and marble. 
They can be tipped, however, with a DC 25 strength check. Knocking over a statue creates a domino effect, and anyone standing adjacent to a statue, or between two statues, must succeed on a DC 16 reflex save or take 3d6 points of bludgeoning damage. Coral's bite is a bright, turquoise blue trident with serrated edges, grown from the hardest coral of the ocean. The saw-like edges of the trident's prongs account for the slashing damage this weapon can deliver. Non-legacy game statistics, plus one trident, cost 2315 GP, and deal piercing or slashing damage. Omen, you do not take non-lethal damage from exposure to cold water, and you take 1d6 points of damage per 200 feet of water depth instead of per 100 feet, see water dangers, page 304 of the Dungeon Master's Guide. History. Sir Jolvune was the finest example of everything decent and right about aquatic elven culture. He represented the best of his pod, as both a strong warrior and a tempered thinker. Devoid of ambition, Sir Jolvune was intent on doing whatever furthered the welfare of his people before serving his own interests. He led soldiers against invasions of Sahuagin on multiple occasions, beating them back every time. Because of Sir Jolvune, the local currents were safe not only for aquatic elves, but also for the undersea community at large. It came as no surprise when the elders Fashionid a trident made from the hardest coral in the known seas and gave it to Sir Jolvune as a reward for his tireless efforts. The pre-send tation of coral's bite was a great honor. It was also cause for celebration among common aquatic elves. Sir Jolvune had risen quickly in power and prestige, despite his humble beginnings. DC 15, it was often said that Sir Jolvune came along, way in a short time, evolving quickly from a sullen introvert who lived in self-exile to a singular hero. Even the weapon he wielded acknowledged his status, protecting him in battle with an exoskeleton of coral. Sir Jolvune attributed his change of heart to the loneliness of his previous existence. He found greater fulfillment in being with his kin, rather than being apart from them. Many remarked that all Sir Jolvune had failed to do for the good of his people was take a wife, ensuring his bloodline would continue. Many women were certainly willing, but Sir Jolvune always dodged the subject by making himself busy with work. He didn't avoid the issue because he wasn't fond of children, he thought they were wonderful. He didn't avoid the matter because he wasn't attracted to aquatic elf women. He found them extremely fetching. In fact, there was no part of aquatic elven culture that Sir Jolvune didn't love more than his own, because Sir Jolvune was not an aquatic elf. He was a doppelganger whose real name was Ildeshern. DC 20, hero of the pod, long ago, Ildeshern had taken the form of a Quatoa to travel underwater, not realizing they were a species reviled by other aquatic beings. A Phi RST aquatic elf Ildeshern met attacked him on sight, compelling him to defend himself with lethal force. As the elf died, Ildeshern frantically read. His mind and realized the misunderstanding. Ildeshern also learned the elf's name. It was Sir Jolvune. Feeling guilty, the doppelganger studied the elf's life from his underwater home, adopted Sir Jolvune's identity, and returned to the aquatic elves. Ildeshern did everything in his power to amend the mistake he had made. In so doing, however, he fell in love with the aquatic elves and became their hero. Even his legendary weapon had embraced him completely. When Illinois Dashan could no longer politely avoid the topic of marriage, he announced that he would be leaving to fulfill a personal quest, promising to take a wife upon his return. Privately, Ildeshan had no intention of returning. When he reached the surface and tried changing back into an air-breathing creature, 
The doppelganger discovered that he could not. He was no longer a shape-changer. Somehow, he had become an aquatic elf. Perhaps it was some strange effect of his trident's power, or perhaps it was the act of some benevolent deity. Ildershern didn't care. He just smiled, and dove back into the water. DC 25, Embrace of the Sea. Legacy Rituals. Two rituals are required to unlock all the abilities of Coral's Bite. Hero of the Pod, you must defeat in personal combat a hostile creature with the aquatic subtype and a CR equal to your level or higher, maximum CR 10. Cost, 1200 GP. Feet granted, least legacy, Coral's Bite. Embrace of the Sea, you are required to gain at least one additional rank in the knowledge, nature, skill. This rank covers information about creatures with the aquatic subtype, currents, tidal patterns, and underwater plants. You can acquire the rank prior to the level that this ritual is undertaken. Cost, 12,000. GP. Feet granted, lesser legacy, corals bite. Wielder requirements. The wielders of corals bite are primarily fighters or rangers, although any warrior might find this weapon useful in a battle. Corals bite wielder requirements speak language, aquan, swim one rank. Legacy item abilities. All the following are legacy item abilities of corals bite. Dolphin's Breath, Sue beginning at 6th level, you can go an entire hour without needing to take a breath. However, if you don't get a breath after that hour elapses, you must hold your breath or begin to drown, see Drowning, page 304 of the Dungeon Master's Guide. Coral Armor, Sue at 7th level, you can command the coral from which Coral's Bite is formed to envelop you in a protective exoskeleton while you wield the trident. The Coral Armor does not hinder you in any way and it grants a plus one natural armor bonus to armor class. The natural armor bonus increases to plus two at 9th level and to plus three at 14th level. Water breathing, so at 12th level and higher, you can breathe water freely, as if constantly under the effect of a water breathing spell. Caster level 10th. Adventure Seed, L7. Coral's Bite has long been of great significance to the aquatic elves, with the weapon passing to the greatest warrior of each generation. The Sahuagin, in Dirt. Enemies of the Aquatic Elves, have long feared. Coral's Bite. To acquire the weapon for her people, a Malenti, a Sahuagin mutant that perfectly resembles an Aquatic Elf, infiltrated an Aquatic Elf community and assassinated the most recent wielder of Coral's. Bite. The Malenti delivered Coral's Bite to Neculus, a Sahuagin champion. If the PCs commit to recovering the weapon, they have to venture into hostile territory and assault Neculus's personal outpost. There, after defeating the Sahuagin fighter and his three companions, the PCs can claim Coral's Bite. Neculus CR6 male Sahuagin fighter 3 LE medium monstrous humanoid, aquatic, in it plus two, senses blind sense 30 feet, underwater only, dark vision 60 feet, listen plus seven, plus 11 underwater, spot plus seven, plus 11 underwater, Languages Aquan, Elven, Sahuagin, Speak with Sharks. AC 20, Touch 12, Flat-Footed 18 HP 45, 5 HD, Die Hard Fort plus 6, Ref plus 6, All plus 6 weaknesses Freshwater Sensitivity, Light Blindness, Water Dependent. Speed 30 feet, 6 squares, Swim 60 feet Melee Corals Bite plus 12, 1d8 plus 9, and Bite plus 8, 1d4 plus 2. All melee 2 talons plus 10, 1d4 plus 5, and bite plus 8, 1d4 plus 2, or ranged MWK heavy crossbow plus 8, 1d10, 19, 20, 
base ATK plus 5, GRP plus 10 ATK options improved Sunder. Power Attack Special Actions Blood Frenzy 1 a day, Rake 1 D4 plus 2 Combat Gear 2 Potions of Cure Moderate Wounds. Abilities Street 20, Dex 15 Con 16, Int 14, Wiz 14, CHA 6 Square Speak with Shark's Feats Die Hard, Endurance, Least Legacy, Coral's Bite, B, Improved Sunder B, Multi-Attack B, Power Attack B Skills Handle Animal plus 6, plus 10 with Sharks, Hide plus 6, plus 10 when underwater, intimidate plus 6, listen plus 7, plus 11 underwater, profession, hunter, plus 2, plus 6 within 50 miles of home, ride plus 4, spot plus 7, plus 11 underwater, survival plus 2, plus 6 within 50 miles of home, swim plus 14 possessions combat gear plus masterwork studded, leather, corals bite, masterwork heavy crossbow with 20 bolts. Speak with sharks, X, Neculus can communicate telepathically with sharks up to 150 feet away. The communication is limited to fairly simple concepts such as food, danger, and enemy. Neculus can use the handle animal skill to befriend and train sharks. Freshwater sensitivity, X, a Sahuagin fully immersed in fresh water must succeed on a DC 15 fortitude save or become fatigued. Even on a success, it must repeat the save attempt every 10 minutes it remains in fresh water. Water-dependent Neculus can survive out of the water for 8 hours. After that, refer to the drowning rules on page 304 of the Dungeon Master's Guide. Light Blindness, X, abrupt exposure to bright light, such as sunlight or a daylight spell, blinds Neculus for one round. On subsequent rounds, he is dazzled while operating in bright light. Break, X, attack bonus plus 7, damage 1d4 plus 2. A Sahuagin also gains two rake attacks while swimming. Blood Frenzy, X, once per day, when he is damaged in combat, Neculus can fly into a frenzy in the full lowing round, clawing and biting madly until either he or his opponent is dead. He gains plus 2 strength and plus 2 constitution, and takes a 2 penalty to AC. Neculus cannot end his frenzy voluntarily. Skills can always choose to take 10 on a swim check. Can use the run action while swimming in a straight line. Sahuagin, 3 HP 13, 10, 12, see page 217 of the Monster Manual. Sahuagin Outpost. The Sahuagin Outpost is an underwater tower carved out of an ocean shelf. It has four levels. A circular opening in the middle of each level allows the Sahua Jin to swim between floors. Top floor this is a lookout post. Its walls are pieced by arrow slits. Two Sahuagin are on guard here, when intruders approach, one alerts the remaining Sahuagin while the other snipes at the enemy. Middle floor this floor contains sleeping areas, consisting of beds of seaweed. Sahuagin who are not on guard, including Neculus, usually rest here. Bottom floor this level contains the armory, as well as a mechanism for sealing the tower entrances when under attack. As a counterweight rises, four gates drop down to seal off the four entrances to the sublevel. Murder holes in the floor allow defending Sahuagin to fire on intruders. The central opening can be covered with a sliding panel. Sublevel 4 tunnels dug from the ocean shelf lead into this chamber. Corals bite in Eberon. The Sahuagin of the Thunder Sea and the Straits of Shargan control passage through those dangerous waters. Although some tribes are ferocious and can't be reasoned with, many adopt a pragmatic attitude towards seafaring peoples and operate guide services. 
Through Malenti go-betweens, these Sahua Jin negotiate trade deals with other races, even aquatic elves. In such a setting, Coral's bite is not necessarily an object of fear to Sahuagin. In fact, nothing prevents a Sahuagin from wielding the trident in any setting, although its monstrous humanoid bane ability is dangerous to the Faisha people. It might even be the signature weapon of a great Sahuagin hero instead of an aquatic elf. To customize Coral's bite, its bane ability might instead target animals, such as Horrid Orca, or magical beasts, such as Fi Endish Squid. On the other hand, many Sahuagin revere the dark god known as the Devourer, lord of the violent forces of nature. They take their worship to literal extremes, believing that greater power comes from killing and consuming intelligent enemies. The Devourer's favored weapon is the Trident, and his Sahuagin worshippers are intolerant of a non-Sahuagin unlocking the power of such a mighty weapon. The character who wields Coral's Bite might fight ND herself under repeated attack by religious zealots who want not only to take the trident but also to devour her in punishment for her audacity. Coral's Bite in Faerun a signature item of the aquatic elves who inhabit Faerunian seas is the Trident of Serenity. This item is detailed in Races of Faerun, page 172. This plus one trident also has the ability to suppress rage and fear-based effects within 15 feet including Sahuagin Blood Frenzy. To customize Coral's Bite for an Aquatic Forgotten Realms campaign, you can replace its water-breathing legacy ability with a new ability called Serenity that reproduces the effect of the Trident of Serenity. Alternatively, slow the Coral Armor progression or give it no special abilities relating to underwater breathing. This version of the weapon is obviously best suited to aquatic elves rather than air breathers. Coral's Bite could also be a weapon of the Tritons who inhabit the hidden city at the bottom of the Bay of Dancing Dolphins off the coast of Dambreth. See the Shining South Supplement, page 96. They protect their city with illusion magic to keep it from being found by surface dwellers, and their allies the Dolphins keep it safe from underwater attack. Should the Sahuagin of the Bay mount a more organized assault, a champion of the Tritons might take up the legacy weapon. This was brought to you by Franklin County Internet Gaming Society on YouTube and Facebook, Roger Hansen on Patreon, and Gaming with Infamous on Discord. Thanks for stopping by. Listen to our podcast on any of these platforms. Anchor. Breaker. Overcast. Pocket Casts. Radio Public. Spotify. Support us on Patreon. And check us out on Discord. All the links can be found in the video description below. We thank you for your participation. If you enjoyed please like, subscribe, share, make comments. We love feedback.